Go ahead. I have another question to like spin off of that a little bit. Yeah. Um, why are you laughing at me, Liz? No, you're I just you're so excited. <laughs> I just know for life. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. We are back with another new episode for you guys. And we are talking about one of my favorite topics besides gut health, my second favorite top and the moon. Uh, (laughs) We're talking about hormones and I love hormones, but more specifically, we're really talking and advocating for women's health, I think in this episode and Mm -hmm. learning how to um, recognize and be in tune with the signs that your body is giving you. And looking at them as just that, that they are signs and that your body is not working against you. Your body is not evil, but it's giving you signs every day, every month. Um, And what we can do with those signs so that we can kind of take informed choices and decisions to our doctors, to our health coaches, and really live a life that we feel good about energized and feeling like we are just in the flow. So this is a great conversation. We are speaking with Ellie Thomas, who is a holistic nutritionist that specializes in women's health and hormone balance. She's also the creator of the eight-week Well Women Reset Program for Hormone Balance. And she has a new podcast out, which I was on a couple of weeks ago. So go ahead and check that out. It was an incredible conversation. Um, That podcast is called The Well Women Radio. And on her podcast, she guides and empowers women to understand their bodies and make sustainable changes to reclaim vibrant health. So I know that you guys are really going to love this conversation with Ellie. And afterwards, you can hear more about where to find her and hopefully check out her podcast as well. But before we head into the episode and talk all things Nina's favorite things and me, because I like to learn about this stuff with you guys, I wanted to talk about our exciting conference that we announced. Um, last you know, we week. had it. We did announce last week, and we had a whole episode devoted to it, talking about the speakers. We hope that if you are either a wellness podcaster and you want to take it to the next level, or if you're just like I'm in this world, I'm immersed in health and wellness. I love connecting with other women. I am thinking maybe a podcast might be another channel to the business that I have, a way of putting my content out there. We would love to see you in Columbus on September 21st of this year. Columbus is a beautiful city. We would love to have you in it, um, experiencing this with us. So if you are interested in learning more about our conference that we're putting on, seeing some of the awesome speakers that we have in the lineup, you can go to empoweredvoicepodcast.com, get all the details. Tickets will officially go on sale. The early bird tickets will go on sale February 1st. Um, Those will be available for a limited time, and we encourage you to hop on it early, get a good bargain. And one of the ways that you can make sure you get that bargain as Liz calls it, is to sign up to be a part of our new newsletter. And so if you head to empoweredvoicepodcast.com and scroll to the end of the page, you can put in your email there so you get the first 
list the first to know about what is going on when we're sending out those early bird tickets and how you can purchase them. Also, if you're feeling a little bit lazy, just also DM us your email on Instagram and we we'll will put you on there. We'll put you on the list. <laughs> so just head on over to at Finding Your Shine Podcast on Instagram and give us your email and we'll put you on the list. All right. Well, without further ado, let's chat hormones and everything else with Ellie Thomas. Hey everyone, today we are recording with my friend Ellie and this podcast has been in the works for quite some time. I feel like we've been trying to catch each other on each other's podcasts for a little while now. And my podcast episode on your show, Well Women Radio, just launched a couple of weeks ago, not too long ago. So I'm so happy to have you on our show and to get to pick your brain a little bit and share all your women's health hormone knowledge with our listeners. I'm so excited to be here. And your show was the most popular. I mean, I don't have a ton of episodes, but the most popular episode yet. And people are really loving it. So it's such a great conversation. And oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, it's been probably almost a year of trying to go back and forth and figure out when to talk to each other and when to meet Liz. So I'm so happy to be here and thankful to be talking with you both today. Yeah, it's the Damn. first time you've met Liz over oh. over screen. Yeah. When did we when did we start talking? I think it was a couple, well, not a couple years ago, like a year ago. And it was yep. through Instagram. Always. Yeah, it was a little bit yeah. um, <laughs> Maybe a little bit longer than a year ago, you had connected with Cameron, perhaps, Cameron Simsick, and then mm-hmm. somehow we connected. I'm trying to put the dots together. And then we had a few phone conversations, and then there was like thoughts about doing Nicole Jardim's program in there. Yeah, and we had some yeah. great conversations when we were figuring out like what life was going to look like for you as you were transitioning out of working. Teaching. Yeah. yeah. And finishing up your certification and what your my kind of focus was going to be. So yeah, but I I think we definitely had a few talks in January and February of last year, for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So cool. Well, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your focus uh, so they can get an idea about what you do. Of course. My name is Ellie. I am a holistic nutrition consultant, which is a type of holistic nutritionist. And I'm from Minnesota. And I now live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I have actually a 100% virtual practice that is focused on hormone health and women's health. And so I help women now go from a place of being basically just not feeling like they know they could feel. What I've been focusing a lot on with people recently is knowing that they could be showing up the way that they want to be or excited about showing up how they want to be in the world, but really feeling like their body or symptoms are holding them back and that that hasn't been a possibility for them up until this point because of everything related to just feeling off, which is often related to our hormones, to period problems and calling in sick to work, which I have had problems with because of cramps or Mm -hmm. lots of bloating and weight gain or feelings of um, situations of infertility or irregular periods as they're starting to connect to their body, not feeling well on birth control, and the list could go on. Like everything from migraines and acne and skin issues to the weight and just feeling completely like we're not in the body we're supposed to be in and there's something off. So a wide range of things that all relate to helping us be 
the most confident, positive women and being that we are. And a lot of that time, a lot of the times that comes back to helping women just rebalance their bodies on so many levels. But I really focus specifically on the hormonal level and try and support that in a very holistic way in my process, in my practice. Mm-hmm. I have a question as you're talking about hormone stuff, which yeah. which I admittedly, I will admit, like I'm no Nina. I do not know all of the hormone stuff. But that is okay. What comes, I feel like sometimes hormones are like a chicken and the egg situation. Is it the hormone imbalance causes all these issues or these issues that maybe stemming from other things trigger a hormone imbalance? You are 100% right that it is a chicken and the egg situation. In my experience, most of the time, the hormones is a down river or a downstream issue that's happening because of some other imbalance that's going on, unless it's something like a birth control induced hormone imbalance or something where someone's gone off the pill or is on the IUD, has an IUD or something similar to that. Why do I say it's downstream? I say that because there are quite a few things that are actually still hormonally related and do have to have with hormones. But in this moment, we're kind of talking like female sex hormones. So there are things like blood sugar and stress that are still hormone cascades that are going on, but really tend to throw things off. Gut health can throw things off. And it just, the longer it goes on without being looked at and is out of balance, the more the sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, et cetera, are going to be having issues. So you're completely right that sometimes, and I know that different practitioners you know, work on things at different places. I really try and work on things from my, let's look at all the variables. When did these things start? what could be playing into what's going on in your symptoms right now. And usually if you can dive in with somebody, there are a whole bunch of symptoms that aren't necessarily related to just like estrogen, progesterone, et cetera, or the balance of them, which is very common these days or to like testosterone or androgens. And so when we can tune into those things and look at non-sex related hormones, even our hunger hormones, our stress hormones, et cetera, um, that's when we can have a lot more power in clearing up like period issues, et cetera. So I try and kind of like zoom out first and figure out what all the little pieces that are working together. And I would say that that's kind of just like in a very, very non-conceited way. That's something I naturally do really well in life is like, I'm really good at seeing the big picture. So that's something that I do a little differently than people perhaps, but I'm really good at zooming out and seeing how all these pieces connect and then getting to the things that are going to make the biggest change in the beginning that we need to make to be able to get everything back into balance. And so a lot of times when women aren't just, they're just like not feeling like themselves or they don't feel well. A lot of the time I like to use the words like we're bringing your body back into balance in general, instead Mm -hmm. of just talking about hormones, because the word hormones for some people is a little bit confusing and they're like, wait, I'm not trying to get pregnant. I don't, you know, my period does come regularly, but I just, this is just what girls deal with or whatever the kind of phrasing is. So a lot of times it's easier to think about like, we are bringing your entire system back into balance slowly. And as we're doing that, your whole system is benefiting, including your hormonal health. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point because I think uh, there's a reason that your, like, for example, if we're talking about sex hormones, like your progesterone, progesterone and estrogen are off, you know? So it's like, you have to take Mm -hmm. a step back. And I remember uh, like, last year to whenever it was, I got my hormones tested and I was like, oh my gosh, all my problems are because 
I have low est- or low progesterone. Like, this is my problem. But then the more I learned, I was like, well, wait a minute, hold on. Why do I have low progesterone? And then it was like, again, you keep zooming out, zooming out, and zooming out. And that's why the work that you do, I think, is so important because when we go to a doctor, we go talk to a specialist, they naturally focus on one specific thing. But the body isn't made that way. We really do have to look at all of the pieces and figure out why the things are happening in the body. So yeah, yeah. I just think the, that it's just it's such an important piece of the work that you do. Thank you. I uh, I love that aspect of it. I studied sociology in college and my brain is all about trying to fit all the pieces together and figure out the why. And that is just mm-hmm. how I operate. And that's why I love the work that I do because it's like every piece is so important. Figuring out the order, my education allowed me to figure out, you know, the order of importance of the things that maybe some people don't understand, even though that they can feel that things are off. And mm-hmm. I find it so empowering when we can figure out and gain tools towards tweaking and using the um, actions and creating action steps to actually tweak each of the little things so that when you're, you know, into work with me or work with anybody that has a similar philosophy, you come out of it knowing like, I'm feeling off again, maybe at some point because life is really stressful right now or things are off. And I actually feel empowered to be able to shift my being again because I know exactly what to do instead of creating a situation where it's just like, shoot, I need to... Yeah. And sometimes we do... I was going to say we need to test again. And sometimes we do need to test again if there are stealth things that are not being coming back up once we've covered all the bases, but on a, like on a food and lifestyle level. But creating that foundation is so empowering. You can actually maintain it in a long term. And then it's much more easier to pinpoint what's off later on if you do have continuous issues or if you're not feeling well. Um, my friend Robin Rendisi, and she is an NTP. We will, both went through Nicole Jardim's Fix Your Hormone Apprenticeship or Fix Your Period Apprenticeship together. She's kind of like my back and forth nerdy talk. She's been trained a lot to be able to do testing. And we had a conversation at the beginning of December when we were catching up just about how for both of us, it makes zero sense if you don't have certain pieces in place, if you don't have this foundation created to go really specific in one area because you have no idea what's going to throw it off or the impact it can make. And if you first create a blanket foundation for yourself and work to have those pieces in place and are adjusting them and have... you know That's on an emotional level, that's on a stress level, that's on a blood sugar level and, and a nutrient level. It's on you making sure that your gut is in an okay place as much as we can without... you know I don't do testing so as much as we can without testing and just understanding the connections of that really nurturing your liver and your detoxification, once those things are kind of in place and then you go in with very specific treatments with a doctor, you're going to have... Exactly. In my experience for my own body and for other people, the results happen so much faster and so Mm -hmm. much are so much more impactful and people come out a lot less frustrated. So that's been my experience. And and so that's why I kind of continue to do it this way. But I think... I want a woman to come out of work or something like me or come out of her health crisis or her moment of not feeling like herself and feel like, wow, if I need to go back to Ellie, it'll be for support and to help me remind me of these things, but not because I'm without tools or not without because I'm without um, knowledge or the ability to make changes in my life. Mm -hmm. So what was your own 
you talked a little bit about your experience or just alluded to it. Like, what was your experience having your hormones off kilter? Like, what kind of things were you facing that inspired you to start down this journey? Yeah, my story is... (sighs) Uh, a very like multi-leveled one and the hormonal aspect of it didn't come in until later. So it's interesting that you asked that question about what happens first, chicken and the egg. When mm-hmm. I was growing up, just to kind of give you some background, I had a lot of immunity issues, I would say. Um, I, I suffered from a lot of fatigue. I got sick all the time. I had a ton of eczema. It's possible that my parents' home was you know, very moldy for a lot of my childhood. There were a lot of kind of background things. And I was actually super excited to get my period. But then when it did come, I... Uh, was basically on the couch for days in pain. And I was like, well, this isn't what I expected it to be. <laughs> this doesn't make me feel like a cool and sexy woman. So um, That's I That's how they make it sound. They're always like, life is going to change when you mm-hmm. become a woman. And you're Can't like... Can't wait to get my period. I know, I just so wrote a bunch of underwear. That. <laughs> yeah, I think I always like thought it was so chic and cool to be grown up yeah. and have that. And I remember being so jealous of some friends that got their periods quite a bit earlier than I did because I really wanted my period. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like all through my teens, just had really heavy periods, pretty much missed school a lot of the time when I was younger mm-hmm. due to cramps for at least half the day until the ibuprofen kicked in sort of situation. And, you know, that's kind of just what everyone thought it was supposed to be like. So there was no questions asked and I just moved on. Fast forward like quite a few years and I was in college and again, uh, birth control is something that I thought was make me cool and, you know, feel like a chic woman. So Mm -hmm. at some point I went on birth control again and I just felt horrible on birth control. So that's actually where some of the stuff happened. I had no idea that it was correlated at the time. I just extremely exhausted, felt off, didn't feel like myself, could sleep like 15 plus hours a day and want to keep sleeping. And so there were times when I was on it, times when I was off it when I was in college and you know, that really dictated my energy. I had no idea about the connections of this until quite a few years later when I was having... It all started very early on with some chronic UTIs that were happening. Um, I was ending up in the emergency room because they very quickly get quite severe and I would need to get checked out and figure out what was going on with my kidneys. And I started making the correlation between UTIs and... Uh, birth control pills due to just like Googling lots of things. And I made the decision after I got married actually very quickly after to go off the pill. And once I was off the pill, I, you know, things kind of felt normal, but I'm pretty sure that I was kind of systemically still had some things going on that had never been looked at and never understood. And on paper, I was, you know, the picture of health. So nobody ever worried Mm -hmm. about them. And about six months later, I went from like a two to 10 stress level and it just changed so quickly. I started a new job. I was overloaded. The job was bilingual. I hadn't worked that intensely and was having like 55 hour work weeks and just in this like nonstop training. And that stress and possibly other things that were underlying triggered so many things to change. And so I went from having this like kind of normal. My period came right away, zero symptoms whatsoever after getting off of birth control to a lot of side effects um, six months later due to my body not being able to handle what was going on and me just being hyperstimulated. So that looks like for me, first of all, my period didn't come for like 45 days. And I, oh, so by the time it did come, I'd gained like 10 pounds, which was not 
normal for me. And uh, I was so exhausted, so hungry. I was doing all the right things. It's the healthiest one that everyone would tell you like, wow, you eat so healthy. You do all these things. I've been interested in nutrition for quite a long time. And I was working out. I was biking to and from work. All the things that you would think would check the boxes. But I was also depending on coffee because I was super tired and like the days were stressful and I was trying to cram and learn this new job. And um, I was in a new environment and atmosphere. I don't know. There were so many variables. Uh, I really... It's hard to pick out which ones were creating the most stress. I think it was just like kind of this culmination of crazy stress for me on a mental and physical level. And... That went on. So when I did get my period about 45 days later, I was literally in bed for three days. Being getting my period and not getting my period, I had taken multiple pregnancy tests trying to figure out what was going on and why my period wasn't coming. So I was just in this place where you know every month my period wouldn't come. I would be gaining weight at the end of it, feeling so not like myself, absolutely zero libido, not excited about life or whatever I was doing, like just trying to get home and sleep as much as possible. Then getting my period, being in such immense pain that I would start having panic attacks because I nothing mm. would help and I wasn't sure what to do with them. And then somewhere in the middle of that, while I was trying to figure what was going on, I would be standing over my bathroom, you know, vanity taking, waiting for pregnancy tests to come back negative, which I knew I was not pregnant, but something was up and I couldn't figure out what it was. So that went on for like six months. A little bit less. It was awful. All of those things together. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And imagine that in your first year of marriage when you're like 25 years old. That was not the greatest thing in the world. Really not a dreamy romantic first year of marriage, (laughs) which that's hard in and of itself for anyone that's, you know, you know, all the things that are happening that first year. But that was really like what set the tone for me later on learning about how diet, lifestyle, and just the wellness of our bodies impacts so much what's going on with our hormones and how no one had ever, 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 ever taught me about this until I... Yeah, went through it yourself. Yeah, and the moment that I went through the program that I did... uh, like within, you know, maybe three sessions, I was like, this is what I was meant to do. How do women not know this? My mom has mm-hmm. been a on and off breast cancer fighter and survivor and her breast cancer has been estrogen positive. I'm like, of all the people that need to know this is people with family members like this, understanding how their bodies and hormones work. Can we prevent? We don't know, but we can take a lot of action in our lives that are just going to keep us well. So those were kind of some of the really big things that were going on for me. I just want to make a point that... You know, you could, you mentioned in that story that like all of your markers were a picture perfect, you know, view of health. And for any of our listeners, you know, your story is so, I so relate to that story. And I know, like you said that when I was sharing mine on your podcast too, but you can go and you can get everything tested and things turn out pot, you know, that you check all of the boxes. But if you don't feel well and things are going on under the surface, you need to be your own health advocate and you're not crazy. You're not going crazy. If you feel tired, exhausted, if your periods are painful, please make sure to find someone to look into that for you because even from your story, it's so clear that there were so many things that you could do. You just didn't know. You are not crazy if you're going through that. You, I think the biggest gift I've ever given to myself is being an advocate for myself when I know that mm-hmm. things aren't okay and finding someone that will listen to me even though the first 10 people think I'm crazy. So yeah. 
if you can give yourself a gift to anyone listening, I really encourage you to advocate for yourself and to trust that deep voice that's telling you and guiding you. That is no mistake. Our bodies were not created to rebel against us every month. They were not created to quote yes. unquote hate us. I hear a lot of women saying that. Um, just they feel like very disconnected on a head body level and just you know confused. What is going on? This isn't me. I don't feel like myself. I can't do the things that I used to be able to do. It didn't used to be like this. Those are all key phrases that I used and I hear a lot in other people that are kind of just these signals that there is something underlying. And once you have that foundation, if you need to dive even deeper, that's when working with like a functional doctor comes in really well. Mm -hmm. So let's, sorry, go ahead, Liz. I was gonna say, I think that awareness is key because, you know, we talked earlier about like, it seems like all girls have this idea that like when they get their period, something magical happens and everything changes. I think as a society, a lot of us are dealing with so many of these issues that they seem normal. Because if you ask your friend, your aunt, your cousin, the other women in your life, they're experiencing the same things. And we accept that imbalance or that that offness as what's normal. So then we don't think to advocate or challenge and see what's really going on because everyone around us is dealing with the same issue. Exactly. We think it's, we normalize it. Right. It has been normalized. I'm not, you know, I could sit here and express so much anger around that that I'm just <laughs> going to spare everyone. But oh I gosh. just, yeah, but I just want to tell you again, women, that your body was not created to rebel, fight back. And actually all of the things that are happening that have been normalized, they're actually just clues. Your body is not rebelling against you or hating you. They are clues and signals that it's trying to get you to listen to. So it is so intelligent. It's actually doing exactly what it was designed to do and knows how to do. And it is doing nothing wrong. A lot of the time there's Mm -hmm. this feeling that my body isn't working how it's supposed to be working. And that's actually not the truth. It's doing everything that knows how to do. It is infinitely intelligent, so much so that we will probably never understand it and be able to put it all together, no matter how much research or how much money goes to this or that. And so that's where the piece about the intuition and listening to that comes in really well. And also just allowing, you know, this, when so, if somebody ever comes to you and says that, just encouraging them to find the support that they need. Or if you're feeling like your body is not working how it's supposed to, allowing yourself to slow down a little bit and listen to what's going on and become educated with what's going on with you so that you can express that and come to an expert with ideas on like how and what could be going on to create those issues. Yeah. It almost reminds me of um, anxiety as well, because when I'm working with women, I want to say, and I did this with myself. It's like, my brain's just not working right. Like, this isn't right. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. Well, wait a minute. What actually is the anxiety telling me? Like, what's it? why is it manifesting? You know, what do I need to look into? Or is it food? Is it my blood sugar? Is it emotions? Is it, you know stuck energy. And the same thing with our body. Like, what are these intense cramps telling me? What is my missing period telling me? What is my exhaustion telling me? It's not that you're broken. It's that it's this, it's a sign and it's time to dig into it. I actually wanted to talk, like take a step back um, because I love how you said we need to build the foundations. And then once we've built the foundations, we have knowledge to back us up so that we can go to our doctor, go to a functional medicine um, doctor, things like that. 
So what are those foundations? Can you share those with our listeners? Yeah, of course. I think as I get older and as I work on this more in myself and my clients, I find that emotional health and expressing our emotions and Amen. is actually <laughs> way higher on the list than a lot yes. of the physical things. But I truly believe that food and what's happening on a physiological level allows us to feel stable so that we can explore and express the kind of psychological, emotional aspect of that more and begin to go a little bit deeper with what's going on. But some of the areas, like I said, are like your emotional health and your psychology, um, your mindset. Those are huge in the areas of Mm -hmm. how we're talking to ourselves, how we're thinking, what we're telling ourselves. The way we talk to ourselves actually can create or dissipate a stress response in the body without us even knowing it. So we can be reacting as if we are in survival mode, even though we're sitting on a plush couch in the middle of Milwaukee in a beautiful apartment. Like It doesn't matter if the way that we're talking to ourselves is a form of scarcity that is still going to be creating the same negative stimulation in the body that's going to be causing things down down the road. So that's a really important one that is often overlooked. And uh, I become more and more interested in it every day that I'm doing this work because I find that that is actually usually a huge missing piece for women that we're usually just told, you need to do those things, go out and do them, and then you'll be good sort of thing. And so those other things might be things like your blood sugar, So creating a dietary habits that really support your blood sugar throughout the day and understanding what affects you and what doesn't. Another area is gut support. And so Mm -hmm. understanding if there could be an underlying imbalance in your gut, or if not just slowing down and allowing digestion to actually work so that you can get to one of the third things, which is just nutrients and having the nutrients that you need that are in your diet. And then through supplementation, if you can't get them all through your diet so that your body can be in a non-stress state. So much of this in my vision of it is to allow the body to calm down on a physiological level and stop fighting these little things that we can actually... I hate to say the word control. Somebody confronted me that on that on around that on Instagram and I really appreciated that she did that. So I've been using the words like we can really take action in these areas mm-hmm. consistently. And so another big area is detoxification support and understanding how we get hormones and junk out of our bodies, especially through our liver, but also through our colon and our gallbladder and the health of those. So these are a lot of areas that you can cover with food. And then, like I said before, there's like the emotional mindset piece and then stress and understanding that stress on the emotional mindset piece and also foods and other things that can be triggering stress in your body. I'd say that those are kind of like, if I'm to lay out a huge map of all the foundational pieces, those are a lot of them. After that, I would add in like healthy movement and feeling how you feel in your body. But usually if those other things aren't in place, I'm not quite as focused on the movement piece until we make sure that that stress is a little bit more balanced out. And that's actually something I learned due to my own health journey. Later on, years later, after I had all the period stuff that got me into this, I was in school for nutrition, etc. I ended up having a parasite and multiple other things that were affecting my system so much that I was still having menstrual cramps, etc. And it was because of inflammation that I couldn't see. I had zero GI issues. So it really had nothing to do with my digestion, but the parasite was just taxing me. And the people that I worked with to help me figure out what was going on and then to treat it naturally really told me like, you need to stop exercising because you're overtaxing Mm. your body and you're overtaxing your immune system and you can't, you're not, you're like kind of in overdrive. Like we talked about a little bit when you 
on my show. You are in overdrive and without calming down that system, you are not going to be able to fight this parasite off and get everything into place. And so that I've learned in for me and my body and um, after like a lot of adrenal issues too, like that's something that I ebb and flow in. And it's kind of like a secondary layer after we've had this really intense foundation with my clients. I have a very like random and it doesn't pertain to our like 99, probably let's just say 100% female listenership. I'd love to know if we have a man that listens, but (laughs) is it, can men have their hormones be off too? Yeah, for sure. It's actually becoming um, quite common that men are also experiencing what we called estrogen dominance. So they have excess estrogen in their system compared to what a man is, it's natural for a man to have. A lot of the time that can come out with kind of Man boobs is a is a big term that people relate to it, or um, also like holding fat because fat cells create more estrogen and yeah. have more. It's estrogen. a vicious, vicious cycle. <laughs> it is. So um, if there's like when somebody is really overweight, especially like from their waist up, there can be imbalances going on there. That, however usually happens much more based on a dietary level and then an exposure to toxins in the environment, which then of course affects our uh, livers because we can't detox, et cetera. But it's a lot more about how toxic our body's becoming for men. Not as much about these... That's that's the stress that really affects them. It's much less from my understanding about kind of like their cycle being thrown off because men tend to cycle in about 24 hours. So they repeat the same um, estrogen, testosterone cycle, et cetera, in about 24 hours. Whereas women complete it in anywhere from 28 to 32 to 33 days, depending on where their cycle is falling on a healthy level. So for women throughout that course of a menstrual cycle, We have zero days where we have the exact same levels of the same hormones throughout and everything else is triggering the next. So when we throw, it's like if you have like a bunch of cables hanging and we throw like an ax through and you cut one, all of them will fall. And so just maybe not as far as other ones or just maybe not as um, like become as severed but they will all be affected. And so when there is that kind of access, like the stressors, the things that are coming into the body and causing that downstream reaction that we talked about earlier, for men, it's a lot easier usually for them to recover for it, from it. It takes a much longer time to build up. Other you know, common men things that can be happening is when testosterone is abundant or DHT, a form of testosterone is abundant and like hair loss is happening. That tends to happen in certain men as well. And you know, there are different things that can or can't be done about it. There's debates on the best way to go about working with that. But those are kind of like the two biggest one. And then I guess the last one that is still definitely happening is just levels of adrenal fatigue. Um, and so that's less, again, with quote unquote, sex or steroid hormones. That's much more having to do with cortisol and adrenaline and the kind of the brain connect, uh, the brain adrenal connections, the brain adrenal testy connections with, you know, how they're reacting to stress and how they're being stimulated. Usually if a man is, you know, in a space of adrenal 
issues. My guess is that there's something beyond just mental, emotional stress going on, or there's been some trauma, but that's just literally a guess. Um, usually I find that when somebody is super deeply affected, there are multiple levels of stressors happening and not just you know one specific thing, or there's like the perfect, the perfect storm has been created. And then the one thing comes in like a big traumatic accident or death or somebody's ill in the family. And that kind of, that stirs things up. Interesting. Yeah, I always just like, obviously, Nina and I, the people that we've talked to and being women, like, we're very focused on women. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I know men, like, also have hormones. So we might like, have a couple couple of the men listening to the show. Also, good to know for boyfriends and husbands and yeah, brothers and dads. Definitely. We got those. <laughs> we have those for sure. So when is it time to seek um, a little bit more help. And I'm asking that from a personal level because I, of course, know, like when you were discussing everything, it's so hard for me to stay quiet because I am 100% and like absolutely on board and also follow like a very similar style to you. So I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Then what happens when you're doing all these things, but issues still happen? Yeah. So I, for me, and everyone's going to have a different reaction and idea of how to look at this. Some people will definitely come in a like test from the very beginning and figure out what's off and build in these habits that create this foundation while you yourself are, you know, using the more pinpointed therapies or whatever to bring you back into regulation. My in my experience, my moment for testing was when I could no longer see as a professional and as like an individual more places where the variables needed to be controlled or adjusted. And mm-hmm. I was still having major issues that I knew were not normal. So that can I yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I have another question to like spin off of that a little bit. Yeah. Um, why are you laughing at me, Liz? No, you're I just you're so excited. <laughs> I just know <laughs> for life. <laughs> I feel like I probably should have. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So when it comes to, you said like the variables that can be controlled. And I know we even touched on the word control earlier. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a point where, and my husband actually brought this to my attention. I uh, micromanage a lot and Mm -hmm. I'll say like, okay, well, this has been happening and it's been the holidays and I've had a lot of, you know, this in my diet that I usually don't have, or maybe I'm a little bit more stressed or maybe I haven't slept enough. And he said, you know, well, maybe you can't get everything in perfect balance all the time. So is there something underlying that you should check? You know, because you can't always make sure everything is perfect. So when you're still, yeah. So like, I guess it's probably going off of the same question, but when do you know that there's something more underlying that you need to look into? Yeah, I would say it kind of depends. And if you're working with somebody like me that doesn't run testing or not in this moment. And I would say that the moment, no matter who you're working with or you're not working with that happens, that I would recommend that you definitely seek help and guidance and probably somebody that's going to tell you to go deeper and guide you in how to do that is the moment where you're like, any moment where you're saying, I can't do this anymore on my own. Um, This is... I need some reassurance. I'm continually questioning because things aren't getting better, but I know I'm doing the best I can. And that limit is going to be a little bit different for everybody. So Mm. the limit of knowing I'm doing the best I can is something that we have to have awareness about too, because your husband's right. We can't always have, you know, nothing is ever going to be perfectly in balance. And that's Mm -hmm. something that the more we can let go of that, the less it's going to affect our bodies. Because Mm -hmm. the more we can just settle into this idea that our body is doing everything it knows how to do, it is doing everything right. And that we are, you know, 
we can take action to get more help if we feel like it's necessary. So I would say that this moment of feeling like, you know, I can't see beyond these little details. And from what I can see, there's nothing that I or that I could adjust and would make much of a difference. And from there, that's the moment where I think it's important to talk with somebody else. Now, if you're working with somebody like me who doesn't do testing and I'm seeing things that aren't getting better as we are working together, so perhaps like you have seen massive changes in the you know first six weeks of working together and your energy and your sleep and maybe some a little bit of weight loss happening, um, perhaps like a lot diminished period cramps, et cetera, but the acne is not getting better at a certain point. Like it's pretty important at that point to figure out testing. Like in that case, um, a Dutch test per, for example, and probably some gut testing too, and understanding where and if there could be underlying things that are going on that I really can't just detect from what you're telling me necessarily. So for example, with me, with the parasite, it was this feeling of fatigue that I knew was not normal. I was nourishing myself as much as possible. I was super stressed still because I was feeling horrible, but I was taking all the measures possible for at least a month and I was seeing zero impact on my fatigue. And I still had this feeling like this is just not normal, not right. I am 27 years old, I think at the time or 28 years old, like this can't be, and you know, this, I'm not going to live my life like this anymore. So that is the moment. And I think that if you can come to it a little bit earlier and have the support that allows you to be guided into what testing to get and how to talk to a professional and find somebody that is going to listen to you and help you, uh, I mean, like a doctor, then it can be even, you can save yourself a tiny bit of the mental drama, but there is a period where for some people where, you know, it takes, especially because those things are often paid out of pocket. They can mm-hmm. take quite a bit of conviction of just knowing that, you know, this isn't what I'm destined to be doing. This isn't what my life should be like. And I know that and I need help. And I, so I would say that that moment is actually a moment in your body where your body also, for me and my experience and, and feeling is that you actually um, have this kind of confirmation that like this is going on too long, et cetera. And by listening to that, you can get what you need, which isn't a very direct answer to your question, but I think- No, I think it's good because it's just about like, you have to like, again, going back to the foundations, you have to set the foundations and overall you need to put certain things in place so that you feel better as a whole. But at the same time, it's good to know like when you maybe need to get your gut tested or go see your gynecologist and make sure there aren't any other underlying issues or go see your doctor. Um, It's good to have like a team of support when it comes to the body. But the important thing is to know yourself, like how you're feeling and keeping track of your your symptoms and like what you've been doing so that you can like have informed information for them. So one thing that I do want to say um, regarding that and is a little bit different in the topic of coming off of hormonal birth control and not getting a period back. And so I think a good rule is to within you know 60 to 90 days of coming off hormonal birth control if somebody is not having a period back again that is time already to go straight to the testing like mm. working on other things but you really need to have that testing in place yes will the long term things that really help you get your period back probably be so lifestyle and diet oriented in my experience, yes. And what I believe, yes. But it's worth it just because we are seeing so many other people coming out of, you know, getting the 
being on the pill for a long period of time with like pill induced PCOS and mm-hmm. different situations or massive kind of uh, unfortunately ovarian failure or situations like that where you don't want to just be trying for a year and have zero information to go off of. So that is a time I just want to shout that out to women that you know haven't gotten their periods or plan on going off the pill. You really want to pay attention to that and that's a little bit different of a case, I would say, than somebody mm. where you've been working on certain things for a long time where you're just feeling like the dial isn't moving. That's when... I think that's the phrase. Like You've been working, you've been putting intention into it, and the dial is just not moving in any direction. That's a great indicator that there's something deeper going on that can't be affected because your body is probably in such a, like an irritated or stressed state, mm-hmm. just trying to fight off whatever's going on. I have a question on... Um, so you mentioned like one of one of the things that you dealt with was a parasite. Mm-hmm. How common is that? That has been a question in my mind for a while. <laughs> I feel like I could have a parasite and I need to get it I'm checked like, out. Should we be concerned about parasites? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, my feeling is that it's more and more common, unfortunately. What I tend to, in my experience, and more in like people that I've shared with less on my experience with clients, but people that I've talked to that are even practitioners themselves and have been in this kind of place of the dials not moving. We have all these places and we have all these foundational pieces in place consistently. And there's something majorly going on is that Lyme disease is coming up again a lot. Things it's like what Jordan Younger has the balanced blonde. Right. After years and years and years of trying a thousand different things, and all of a sudden we find out she has Lyme the whole time. Yeah, she's like a bunch of a bunch of other stuff too. But um yeah. and co-infections, poor thing. Um, I think her she is such a she is such a powerful mind body connection. I'm 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 really I'm really impressed by her um and her devotion to getting well. Mm-hmm. I find that EBV, which is Epstein-Barr virus, is another really hidden common thing that's underlying. And then like parasites or other gut infections are um, really under big underlying thing. And then if you go a little bit deeper, sometimes it can be like heavy metal. Not sometimes. Quite a few people are deal with like heavy metal heavy issues. Metal, yeah. However, I find that your body has to be in a pretty importantly... like I obviously don't work with people on heavy metal detoxing, but you have to be in a very, very stable state on other levels to be able to detox metal out correctly. Metal and mold, I'd say those two kind of go together. So Mm. we we go back to parasites. Like how common is it? Do I need to be worried I have a parasite? I don't know. And partly because do I think it's worth it if you're having ongoing issues to absolutely get a comprehensive stool test? 100%. It changed my life. It was like, I mean, it, the, the, once I was on the protocol, uh, you know, feeling like myself and like feeling hopeful and being able to know that there was something wrong and that wasn't supposed to be there really gave me the energy and the empowerment to feel like, no, okay, yeah, this isn't just how my life is going to be and I am going to be able to recover from this. Does it take a long time? Absolutely. Is it common that just anti-parasites over the counter once, or I mean, not over the counter, but from your doctor, like a prescription don't always work right away or don't work really well. Yes, it's common because parasites are super good at hiding. So they are also hard to discover. So do I think that it's something that should be checked out and looked for if you're having still underlying issues that it seems? Absolutely. But then there's a bunch of talk about gut people that are saying that, you know, parasites actually aren't that bad for us and that as long as you know your system is strong enough, it should be able to move it through on its own. So that's where I think that possibly it's 
coming becoming more and more. And I have I'm not saying this based on statistics that I've looked at. I'm just saying it based on understanding the body a little bit. You know, today I find that so many people, especially women, are and especially women that have been endured long periods of stress, have low stomach acid. And low stomach acid is not only something that's there to break down our food, specifically proteins and et cetera. It's also there because it fights off and kills bacteria and bugs that aren't supposed to be getting into our system. And so what happens when that is not high enough or we don't have enough of that, it's very easy for those bugs to be moving in that we don't want to be in. And so that would be my hunch of like, if it is becoming more common, the reason why, because I do believe Mm -hmm. that the body is you know, made to be able to fight them off and to know exactly what to do if one does get in and to kill it off. I The same thing actually with a virus, like usually depending on somebody's immune system, it's very possible that they have the virus just like a regular person what does with EBV or mono or even Lyme. You have the virus, you fight it off, it doesn't become a systemic or hidden issue. So those are the reasons that I wonder more frequently than not if it could be becoming a more common thing, especially in women. Do I think that everyone needs to freak out because they could have a parasite? Absolutely not. Do Does everyone have different symptoms? Yes. My symptoms were not GI related, which is super interesting. Should you pay more attention if you've been traveling or lived abroad? Probably. So I would say keep those things in mind. Like I know that um, Giardia, Giardia can be a parasite that's way more common for people that have traveled to Central America. And I actually, from what I've read, blasto is not super uncommon in Chile, which is I have blastocystis hominis, um, which is a not even a worm. It's like a single-celled organism, so you can't see it. And I have learned that that is actually not that uncommon in Chile, at least in kids either. So who knows? Um, and our, yeah, and our, and for how long I had it, it's pretty possible that I had it for years and had zero idea, and it was just kind of there, like leeching off of me, which is a horrible thought. But isn't that so gross? I listened to a podcast. Liz's face right now. <laughs> well, I listened to a podcast about this and I immediately had like a panic attack. I was like, it's, it's sometimes it's too much, you know, it's too much and it's overwhelming because you're like, I'm doing all these things. Now what? I have a worm in my gut. It's like making, I can't do anything else. So I have not gotten tested yet, but I feel like for me, it might be something that might come later. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. It's expensive. And but it's mine's sort of the same with the cramping and stuff. You know, it's like it's still there. I mean, you might as well get test tested. Well, especially and see if, if we can you get this have bug out of here. If you have that foundation, like we talked about earlier, like that's the sign that you need to start looking for things like that. If your stress is in check and your diet is good and you're moving and all of those things are in order, but you're still having issues, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't jump to the massive, (laughs) massive changes in your bowel movements that aren't healthy in a very quick period of time. That is a big sign you need help right away. Like, don't Mm -hmm. wait, don't wait on that. Um, Right. 
the situation like for me was that I wasn't having changes in my bowel movement and it was coming off in a totally different way where I got I got a cold and I couldn't recover and I was like in the state of all of a sudden had chronic fatigue sort of situation. And so hmm. it was much more of a mystery and my body like was freaking out on multiple levels. But if you notice very quick digestive stuff and it doesn't resolve or you don't feel the same even after it seems like it's resolved, again, don't wait on that. I heard that sometimes like mental stuff can be a really big clue too. If you've been working really hard and doing all of the things, but you're still like suffering with lingering depression or like Mm -hmm. lingering anxiety, that could always, it can all, and of course, like everything, there's so many variables, but it's like, there's so many little signs that might have you check into it. Yeah. Even, um, well, brain frog, I often find is very related to not only food intolerances, but also, and blood sugar issues, but also candida, which is yeast overgrowth yeah. of a certain mm-hmm. kind. And oftentimes when you have yeast overgrowth, it's a lot easier to harbor a parasite. So I definitely had both. It's of pretty those common too. Time. Yeah. And so on top of that, um, <laughs> I was really surprised that the parasite for me was like something that was an indicator to my practitioners. Uh, I mean, my low feelings of low motivation, um, inability to focus, et cetera, were indicators to them that there's something major going on in my gut. So yes, not to be ignored. And you see a functional medicine doctor for yeah, this, so correct? I saw, yeah, I would suggest that. Um, you could see an integrative physician of some kind if you can find them. Um, also a naturopath that practices mm-hmm. functional medicine, just vet them well because there are some different you know, understanding of what naturopathy is. But in my experience, I've worked with an FDN, which is a functional diagnostic nutritionist. And then I've also worked with like a functional naturopath. Um, they both served me really well in the moments that I, that I needed them on to like look a little deeper that I knew things were a little bit off. And since we're talking about awareness and women being backed with knowledge, I feel like I can't end this episode without Um, having you share a little bit about your opinion on the birth control pill, because I know that's a big hot topic right now with women who obviously like they don't want to get pregnant or maybe they're taking it for other reasons, like underlying hormone imbalances. But what is your thoughts on birth control and the knowledge that women need to be backed with before they make that choice? Yeah. This is a really important and somewhat intense question, depending on what stage of this process you are in, right? So I personally am of the belief that you need to make the decision that feels best for you and trust that 100% until it doesn't feel right anymore. Um, There are many women that do fine on birth control. However, I believe that we aren't getting the information that is, you know, really that we are are really clear about what the side effects are, how long they can last, and what is happening to our body when we take birth control. And there is zero information and zero lead in to that. If everyone had, I like this idea of like, informed consent, which I think I heard actually, I've heard other people talk about this in a podcast and use that word. Like if there's informed consent that you completely understand all of the impacts that birth control can have on your body in a short and long term, and you want to do it, girl, go for it. Like I'm not here to stand in your way. But what I do want you to know is that unfortunately that isn't really coming naturally right now. And so it's really important that we, when we go through that, the one, we ask questions, two, we make sure that we're not being just like written off by doctors when we do have questions or if things aren't feeling right that we're feeling written off, it is worth it to understand that a lot of women do not react well to the birth control pill. There are some that do, there are some that don't. And so I personally was one of the ones, I don't know about you two, but I was one of the ones that I- Not good. Yeah, I've been a couple, three or four different types of pills than the Nuvarine as well. So, and I- No, me too. 
I did not react well to any of them. I had a range of symptoms everywhere from like the lethargy and the extreme exhaustion to headaches to loss of libido to weight gain to every like the list seriously goes on. And I believe that some of the subclinical hypothyroid symptoms that I still deal with is still kind of going back from my days on birth control. So can it last a really long time? Can the side effects last a really long time? Yes. Is it possible? And I was only personally on it for like on and off for a couple of years. And I know that a lot of women are put on it for a long period of time. The really important thing to understand about birth control. I mean, like young like yeah, 15, like when yeah. people get, when kids get, I, a couple of my closest friends have been on birth control since they were like 14. Right. And a lot of women that I talk to, that's their case. Like they were put on birth control, had bad cramps or had acne, et cetera, put on. And then they're coming off either because they want to start a family or because they've heard that maybe it's not the best for them and they don't want to be on it longer. Um, and they're just kind of being written off in that sense of like, ah, it's not hurting you. Don't worry about it sort of thing. I will say that the one thing you want to understand really well about birth control is that two things are happening nobody tells us. One is that it is not curing our underlying hormonal imbalances. Yes. So what we're going into the issue with either could be worse or exacerbated for a lot of people after taking the pill for a really long period of time. The other thing is that it is interrupting a natural signal from your brain to your ovaries that is helping you and causing you to produce your own hormones naturally. And so when we're on something like the pill, most of the time, most of the pills, depending on what we're on, we aren't actually making our own hormones during that time frame. So when we are in a situation where we've been on for 10 to 15 years and we're coming off, it can take a really, really long time for that to re-regulate. And we need to work again on this brain, ovary, thyroid, adrenal, all of the things connection to really be able to actually produce hormones again. And so for, it's kind of like, I like to lay it out there like, okay, your body's super smart. It is not going to overspend energy on something that it does not need to. So it's getting what it needs to function in that area, even though it isn't real hormones. It's getting what it needs to function in that area. Therefore, it's going to say, well, why would we spend so much energy on this area anyways? We're going to put that towards something else in the body because we are efficient, we are energy proactive, etc. And so when that happens for a really, really long period of time, this major disconnect is happening internally. And that's not something that's even really like thought about in terms of doctors. I personally don't believe maybe some are more and more, but a lot of the time it is just there is like, let's make life easier for you right now without ever looking at what's happening underlying. And then I do believe too that like, I don't know, I personally like have a naturally sluggish liver through genetics. That's going to make the way I'm reacting to uh, birth control so much more intense than somebody that doesn't have that and vice mm-hmm. versa. And it depletes your nutrients, oh, right? Yeah. Like it depletes B vitamins and other things that, and that's why we have some other symptoms. And I don't think women know that either. It's like, if you're on birth no. control. And it also acts as a antibiotic. So like a very low grade constant antibiotic, which then easily breeds to imbalanced gut bacteria when we get off. Yeah, it can cause, right. um, I think like B vitamins are one of the huge ones. Magnesium, zinc are other ones that are depleted. Yeah. Often there's like studies that show that people, once they get off the pill, their vitamin D drops greatly. I'm not exactly sure why it drops after and not during. Um, so yeah, there are multiple vitamins and minerals that we can become very, very depleted in. And then also that gut situation that we were talking about before as being a foundational piece that can be really interrupted after being on the pill. 
Yeah. Well, thanks for going over that. I feel like it was an important topic that while we're talking about all of this, women should be backed with that knowledge as well. Yeah. I'm happy to dive in whenever. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Such good information. I think like the big takeaway is to really trust and be aware of your own body and not always just taking... Um, I mean, doctors are great. Functional medicine doctors are great. Naturopaths, regular doctors, whatever. But it's like not just taking their word for it. Be primed and ready and prepped with your own knowledge of your body because your body is going to react very differently than anybody else's. And so working with somebody and a coach, you know, like yourself that can help and help you become aware of what's going on in your body first and foremost is key. Yeah. And I think you said something earlier, like you needed a team of people. Well, yes, you do. And you are one of the team members and that is really important. And so a lot of times we forget that we're really good about like, I need support, bring it in. And, And there's certain moments for that, for sure, especially on an emotional level. But when it comes to, you know, really advocating, like I kind of mentioned at the beginning, advocating for yourself and knowing your next steps, I highly suggest that you become an active team member. I feel like it's the biggest gift you can give yourself, your family, and your future to become an advocate Mm -hmm. for yourself and understanding what's going on. And then sharing that and making sure that each of those team members is listening and taking that into account. I think this is the biggest thing we can do for women is by continuing to share this because we've been like silenced in the health world for so long and kind of cast aside. And I think it's incredibly important that women keep understanding that these are things that we can start to heal and we need to we need to share this information so that we're back in our power again. You know, we got this. Yeah, I think the more we can engage even on hopefully... Um, functional medicine is the future and it will become more and more available to everyone, no matter their income level, no matter their ability to pay for these things, because everyone I believe deserves that kind of care and actually finding the root cause of what's going on and feeling like you're being taken care of and have hope. Um, Does Mm -hmm. that take action on your part? Yes. And that's sometimes where, you know, our current system doesn't really, you know, breed us, so to speak, to feel like we have a lot of empowerment or action there. But ultimately, I really hope that it's the future and something that we can keep working towards. And as we are continuing to promote and talk about it, we make it a whole lot easier to make that possible. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with us. These topics are so important and I'm so glad that our listeners are included in this conversation and that we can just continue to spread the knowledge of women's health and hormones. And yes, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Happy to do it. And I'm really excited to empower one woman at a time, more and more of us so we can take back our health in all capacities. Yeah. So where can our listeners find more? You have a podcast, you have a Obviously Instagram because I know you on Deeply Nourished Ellie. <laughs> yeah. If they want to work with you, where can they find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram is usually my like main social media uh, at under deeply nourished underscore Ellie. And Liz knows me as deeply nourished Ellie instead <laughs> of Ellie. And then I have quite a few other things. I run the Well Women Radio well, women with an EN radio, which you can find on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And I also have 
um, information on my blog, deeplynourishedforlife.com. And that's also where you can contact me and reach out if you would like to set up a consult, a free consult. And then I am really excited because I more and more am getting women into my eight-week program, which helps them create that foundation that we talked about, which is called the Well Woman Reset. Woman with an A in this time. And that Well Woman Reset is something that I use as a basis for my one-on-one clients. Then we go a lot deeper in our one-on-one sessions, but people can also run through it on their own. It lasts eight weeks, but the tools in there, you have it for life. And the tools in there are things that you can come back to over and over and over again as you're ready. And you can you know, explore the different topics that educates you on all of these pieces that we talked about today and how to uh, actually make sustainable change in them in the long term for your hormonal health, for your fertility, and just to bring your body back into balance. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully our listeners will head on over and listen to your podcast here in the next coming weeks. I hope so. Thank you, ladies. So great to talk to you. You too. Hope that you guys really enjoyed that conversation with Ellie Thomas. Make sure to follow her over on Instagram as well as her website. And of course, check out her podcast, which is Well Women Radio, where you can find on iTunes or any of your favorite places that you listen to podcasts. And before you leave this episode, also make sure that you head on over to empoweredvoicepodcast.com. Scroll to the end of the page and you can put in your email address where you will be the first to know all about those early bird tickets and everything we're doing with this incredible conference that we are hosting on September 21st. You can also find us on Instagram at Finding Your Shine Podcast. You can feel free to message us your email there and we'll put you in the system. Thanks for tuning in again for another week and we will catch you on a future episode. Bye.